Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the One Shop Movement Podcast, where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs and business people that are out there making it happen. Today, we are with Sally Ann Ferguson, and she has an interesting story to tell, and it was often, oh, not often, it was inspired from an adversity-based situation, and she's highly passionate about, I guess, high-quality products, natural products, really interested in making sure that the products are of the best quality. So we talk a bit about that in the episode, but she has done incredible things building an international business and now working with the likes of world champion surfer Lane Beachley, world champion boxer, uh, Roy Jones Jr. and many, many others. We discuss that as well. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode of the One Shop Movement podcast. Okay, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the One Shop Movement Podcast, where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs, business people, anyone that's out there making it happen. And we're, I'm super excited for today's guest. Her name is Sally Ann Ferguson, who is someone I've known for a, a very long time. Uh, we've been, I guess, colleagues, friends, associates online for a long time, but we recently caught up and connected in person. And that's a really important thing you need to be doing is connecting and building your relationships with people. So we connected and we ha- we've had some amazing chats about all things entrepreneurship. So I've got her on to the show today, but she's a dynamic entrepreneur that's always thrown herself at different challenges from running businesses, high-level executive roles. Um, she has co-founded a business. She's going to talk a bit more about that called Inner Origin. But what I find interesting about that, that whole business was inspired through a challenge and adversity in life. And I'm going to get her to share that story. But I want to welcome Sally Ann to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Craig. And uh, I just want to say, I, I know anyone listening today is probably listening because they know what an incredible human being you are. Um, but I would just want you to know that you're such a man of integrity and, you know, I think anyone who crosses your path has so much respect for you. So it's a pleasure. Thank you. And I always love to invite the guests because, um, yeah, I want people to understand more to the story. I often don't do it justice uh, edifying people into the show. So I'd love you to share a bit more about your journey and um, where you are today and what you're doing. And yeah, I'd love the audience to hear about that. Yeah, thank you. Well, I guess in terms of um, entrepreneurship and business, I have to honestly say, I feel like it was from the moment I was born that I wanted to be in business. Um, I grew up in a family where my dad had his own businesses and, um, you know, my extended family were very involved in business. And sometimes I think as a child, you, something becomes comfortable when you're around the conversation and the language all the time, or you're growing up in that environment. So business to me always felt um, very comfortable and, you know, the language of business was around me a lot. And so it was something that um, I I wanted that freedom um, that entrepreneurship provides as well. I know it's a risky journey 
It's certainly not for the faint-hearted, um, but honestly, since I was very little, I wanted it. And um, actually, it was last night uh, when you messaged, you know, a little bit about this podcast and what we'd be speaking about. I thought, what was my first moment of business? And like many kids, it was the lemonade stand um, out the front of the house. Uh, <laughs> the only thing is we, I was probably about four at the time, and we lived on five acres and plenty of spare acres beside us, and it was a dead-end street. So as far as positioning for my retail store, it wasn't great in terms of passing traffic. Uh, but I did, you know, occasionally get a horse rider, go past or a car and, you know, run out to the street and try and stop them to, you know, stop and buy lemonade. And, uh, you know, it just, I guess it continued from there. I always had a passion. I wanted to learn about it. And my life has always presented entrepreneurial opportunities. Um, when I finished school, I went to study business at university because it was what I wanted to do. And I, like everyone, needed a casual job at the time. I applied at a local hotel pub that had just opened and um, the owner was an incredible entrepreneur and I think she spotted a willingness in me and um, so she made me, you know, the duty manager um, of the pub at a you know, really young age and empowered me so much, taught me so much. And um, so we took that pub to Sydney's number one pub three years in a row. And that was a great experience because she was a great person, but a high achiever. And she taught me a lot. That was my like heavy training period. Um, and then I, I left there and I was actually going to go and um, work for myself actually is what happened. And uh, my dad had always had a window furnishing company and, you know, it's for a woman, it's kind of a pretty industry, like, you know, curtains and fabrics. And mm -hmm. so I, I had a bit of a dream that I always wanted to go into that business. And um, so when I left the pub, I said to him, you know, can I come work with you? And it was a very quick no. Um, and so I got a bit of a surprise. I'm like, you know, what parents says no to their child? And uh, cause I was getting close to finishing uni and looking at what I would do. And he said, no, like you need to go and learn from more than me. If you learn from me, you're only ever going to do what I know. I want you to know more. And uh, I was, you know, young and ignorant and frustrated by this. I thought, well, I'll show you. So I actually went to his um, suppliers and set up COD account, went and bought myself a vertical blind machine. And I set it all up in our, we had a barn at home on this five acres. And I set it all up in there. And I went out dropping flyers around the local area. There's a lot of house and land um, packages being sold and new houses and things. And so I started going out and quoting the vertical blinds and I'd make them in the barn at home, uh, like sewing them and making the tracks, taught myself how to make everything. And I'm sure he thought, oh my God, what have I raised? <laughs> so, um, because, you know, occasionally I'd be quoting against his staff or, you know, on jobs. And um, that was, I guess, my first own business. And I wanted to buy a house. I wanted to get ahead and um, the business was going quite well. So I went to the bank and applied for a loan and they said, no, you need two years of P&Ls um, work of yourself. And I was like, wow, that's frustrating. So again, I you know, went back to my parents and I was like, you know, I want to buy a house and whatever. And will you help me? Dad was like, no, <laughs> sort, sort it out for yourself. So um, I then thought, well, I better get a job. So I looked up the newspaper and um, I thought, well, I'll get a job for a little while and have my business or whatever so I could get a loan. And uh, an ad stood out to me. It had no name on it. It just said world-class training from an international business coming to Australia. You had to have a business degree. And um, 
it jumped out at me, you know, other than working at the pub, it's the only interview I've ever been for. And um, so I went for this interview and sort of 10 to 13 interviews later, I had the job and um, it was as one of the executives um, with Aldi stores, the grocery chain. So they shipped me overseas to the US. They weren't open in Australia at that time. And uh, I had nearly a year over there training and it was everything from the ground up, you know, worked on the cash register in the freezer with the truck drivers, like through the entire business and um, came back to Australia and I was part of the team, you know, opening up Aldi you know, around Australia. And, and again, that was just most incredible experience. Um, they are a phenomenal business. I've been so lucky that every business I've aligned myself with has taught me so much mm. and empowered me so much to, you know, become the best that I could be, you know, within that role. And they've all coincidentally been businesses that were early phase of business in that market. And I do think that requires a different energy. Um, and so it must be that, you know, my energy or my personality is really suited to like getting something off the ground. And uh, so, you know, I did that for about six years, but there was just this inner calling to have my own business. And um, that little vertical blind company I started, it was just in the back of my head of, you know, I want that freedom. I thought if I stay here in a job and keep progressing through the ranks, which is a great pathway, um, I'm not going to fulfill my dream of wanting to be an entrepreneur and have my own business. And everyone thought I was crazy leaving. I felt like I was breaking a marriage. Um, it was, you know, I was very happy there and I had no good reason other than it just, I knew long-term it wasn't my music, you know, and I didn't know what business I was going to do. So it was pretty scary. I, I left without knowing where I was going, what I was doing. And it wasn't long after I left that um, we found out that my brother had over 400 tumors across his kidneys. He was four years older than me. So he was about 29, 30 at the time. And uh, he was a very good um, amateur golfer, like really healthy. You just would never have picked it. He had um, a couple of bad, lots of tonsillitis and tests of that. One thing led to another and they discovered all of these tumours on his kidneys. And uh, he's only one of four people in the world to have ever had this type of disease. Um, in actual fact, unless information has changed, um, there's 22 families in the world that carry this particular gene fault. And, you know, our family was one of them. And so it threw our world in a spin because it was a, a type of cancer that um, the medical fraternity had not seen really much of, you know, being only four in the world and um, not really any um, curative treatment options would be the word I'd use there. And, uh, you know, I just, I remember that feeling so much, you know, I was 24, 25, it was... Um, overwhelming in terms of one you know my brother's like my best friend we're so close and but secondly just at that age to um comprehend that you know his life was um not looking um long or good and um you know i think even the fact of being only four in the world like you have this dream when you grow up that you or one of your siblings are going to be like knowing the world for something right and um you don't think it's going to be that and, uh, you know, it was just, it was overawing because we'd go from doctor to doctor to doctor and um, no one had answers for him. And, you know, he's an incredible story of his own. He, you know, he only had to hear from them, you know, what's my chances? They'd be like, I don't know, do you believe in God? <laughs> Miracle, like half of it. And I don't know, he'd be like, that's me. He'd walk out of there and be like, that's me. And uh, just kept turning stones, you know. So um, without really any answers in like a more traditional 
medical fraternity, he did turn to natural healing and uh, he followed the the protocols of the Gearson Institute. Um, obviously, I'm not making health claims to anyone. You've got to do what your doctor tells you to do. And, uh, but he had no, no options. And so that opened up a new pathway, you know, in my life, in our family. Uh, I think his, his challenge became everyone else's gift in some ways. You don't realise it at the time, but it really did. And uh, so I, you know, started to realise that what's in the products we buy is not always transparent. You know, we can't always see the ingredients in there. And I got very frustrated at that. I got frustrated at information around chemical toxicity. And, uh, you know, through his journey over a period of time, I guess this calling came more and more that I wanted to apply my work time to something that then felt passionate to me. Um, During his early phases of the disease, I went back into the family business and led that, you know, the window furnishings. And whilst it was always a passion that I wanted, I think by you know, eight, 10 years down the track of my brother's illness, like curtains meant nothing to me. I'd like look at them and be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's, um, I don't feel like I'm fulfilling a life purpose. And so I, I wanted more in my work day and, um, you know, I knew I was ready to step into something that was not only fulfilling my business dreams, but also fulfilling a purpose and an impact. Um, you know, and I, I look back at those times, it was just so challenging on family, on um, me personally, you know, on my brother. When there's an intense situation happening in family, everyone has their own personal experience around it. You know this only too well. Mm. And, um, you know, it can make or break people. Mm. And um, my, my challenge around it was one, it was really overwhelming and um, I wanted to be the biggest support I could be to him. I was deep in research with him all the time. You know, I'd, I'd work my day and I'd go home at night and just be reading white papers, anything I could find, anything we could do, um, you know, all these international medical clinics, which is like it was 24-7 in just trying to find answers because the clock was running. Mm. And But at the same time, had this business to run. And um, business doesn't wait. You know, once you start your own business and you are all in, like you just can't turn that thing off or say, you know, I need two, three months out from this. It it doesn't work that way. And, uh, you know, that was really tough. Like, you know, just showing up every day and having to perform because, you know, you've got all this other family pressure going on. And um, I look back at that time now and, that was the time that tested me the most, you know, and it's made me who I am today. Mm. Very inspiring story. I could go a million different angles with where we go from here and I can relate to a lot of uh, your story as well, but, you know, I always say to people, things don't happen to you, they happen for you and, you know, you're now, you know, on a pathway that's, you know, aligns with your passion and purpose, which is your... Uh, I guess business is all around health and chemical-free products and getting that message to the world, but that may not have happened if what happened to your brother happened. So, it would not. Yeah, yeah, so very similar yeah. to me. Like, you know, I often talk to people that follow on this podcast, they know a bit of the story, but for the new tune-in people, uh, my wife and I, we had our stillborn, Ethan, and 
I became a very different person. So I was this stoic, uh, hard-working, um, deal with any challenge and adversity by myself, um, you know, never shed a tear in front of my wife ever. Um, and going through that experience, I, you know, through watching her go through labour, I, I, rec- I felt like I cried non-stop for like hours <laughs> and let it all out. But um, I always say to people, I, b- because of that challenge and adversity, it put me on a different pathway. I had more meaning. I had more purpose. I had, um, I wanted to, you know, it, it really rocked my uh, inner world to a point where I wanted to leave a legacy for him you know and he wasn't you know I, I, I say the book's called you got one shot I say to people you got one shot at life go out there and give it your best shot whatever it is for you whether it's build your you know origin business whether it's to be climbing the corporate ladder whatever it is but the the thing is I always say to people Ethan didn't get one heartbeat if you're alive, you're in the game. You know what? What you know? Like go and do something. Go and become better. Get more skills. More educated. Go and get out of your comfort zone. Like you know, and even more so now with this COVID nineteen scenarios, it should be a bigger wake up call to say you know you are you've got to um, create certainty in uncertain times. And um, I think uh, probably leads on to the next bit. Uh, if you want to elaborate a little bit more on Inner Origin as a business and your non-toxic uh, chemical-free products. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I guess what we've created now is one of the world's most curated online wellness stores uh, in terms of looking for quality wellness products, but making sure they're clean. Um, We also strive, you know, to make sure they're as effective as possible as well. I think there's, you know, that that little loop in labeling out there that, you know, that, that word you might be looking for, like, let's say, for example, you know, collagen at the moment is pretty high trend word. Well, you know, how much collagen is really in the product or how, how um, absorbable to the body is it? What type of collagen, all of those things that, you know, as consumers, we don't know. um, And we often end up spending a whole lot of money on products that might not be at that level of really working for you. So we have an expert product advisory board that, you know, support us in terms of product selection and where possible, you know, if there are third party clinical trials, things like that, they'll have a look at that around that ingredient and then say, okay, is there enough of that ingredient in there, um, you know, as per the trial. So we, we, when I say quality, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for products that are, um, going to as much as possible, get the consumer, the result of why they're buying it. Um, you know, I get, I think in any fast growing industry in the wellness industry is really fast growing now, you know, it's an on trend um, industry. And the challenge when that happens is incomes, all types of business who see it as a good industry to invest in or a good industry to be in. Um, but there can then become the challenge of, well, is everyone in there for the right integrity? You know, packaging can look very pretty, can look very wellness and, um, you can buy it off the shelf and it's still be full of nasty toxins and chemicals. You know, I think people don't realize that to have the word organic on your label, you only need to have two organic ingredients in there, you know, and that can be the biggest word on the label or, you know, so many people don't understand that behind that word fragrance that sits in our personal care products, you know, our skincare, our candles, things like that can be up to 4,000 ingredients in a blend 
and we don't know what those ingredients are. And many of those can be uh, actually ingredients that have been banned. They've been banned um, for use in products, but they're able to be in the products hidden by like intellectual property law. Um, often you might find ingredients like, you know, formaldehyde, for example, that um, is now proven, you know, to be endocrine disrupting or um, carcinogen. And so I just, I feel in labeling, there's this lack of transparency Mm. And um, it frustrated me. I thought, you know, why, why don't we know every ingredient and every product? And I just felt there was an opportunity to build a platform that provides that transparency. So on our website, we show every ingredient and every product. Um, some customers probably don't even look at it. They don't care. You know, they're just like, okay, hey, this company's curating a great range of wellness products. I'll go shopping. Um, and some people want to know what's in their products. Well, if you want to know the information's there, I'm all about feeling empowered and I, I think that's what transparency does for people is it makes you feel empowered. Mm. And it is really important. And, and again, I, I use the word quite often now, uh, the word critical thinking, like people just go along with the flow for everything, every different part of life. It's uh, that label must, it's because it's sold in coals, it must be good for you because the government's telling you that's, you know, good for your health. It's good for you. Like the last 15 years for me, I've worked in that preventative health space traveling the world talking to the best scientists the best doctors in the world and you know I've always had a real challenge around um uh the big pharma and and what you know people used to come to me in the fitness club and say oh my doctor's just told me that I've uh, my blood pressure tablets and my cholesterol tablets are dropped by half and I'm like train eat healthy train harder (laughs) like you know again like um point is you you know it's really important to understand and ask more questions about everything um because yeah you you know your health is worth it so i think it's about people um i always and and through my brother's journey i guess this was a a real learning i took from the way he handled things um is that i think in life it's important to be the manager of our own health so like like you're managing a company, you might not know every area of um, business, every detail. So you'll bring the expert around who knows that you'll ask them the questions, but essentially it's your business. You have to make the final decisions. I feel like that with your health, you know, that you, you want to be more curious. You want to be asking the right questions and taking ownership for this, you know, this amazing body we get to walk around in for our lifetime um because as you said it, it's i feel like you know we're we're born and we're just ingrained to walk into a store and assume everything on the the shelf is um safe or being tested and you know if, for example in that area of cosmetics there's really no pre or post market testing like there's just you know skincare and everything on on the shelf it's just never been under that sort of scrutiny um and and we don't realize it you know as consumers and i think there's just that learning how to think and wanting to be curious and that's an evolution um if what happened with my brother didn't happen i probably wouldn't be at the level of curiosity that i'm at today i probably would have just floated through Mm, yeah not the same for me like uh, in 2007 i think i watched a documentary called food inc and for me i was that that was like so much of an, a slap in the face to me. I start I change my eating behaviours. It change a lot of things. Like no, I still eat meat and you know pretty much everything. But point is, I become very aware. I, I probably haven't had processed like a McDonald's or anything like that 
ever again since then and yeah, just that type of behavior changed quite considerably just understanding that and knowing the difference between grass-fed and grain-fed and blah 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 so um yeah it's interesting um to understand just moving on so we'll just move on to my next question um i noticed and it's i want to talk about this topic because it's such a an amazing life skill to develop um everyone's in the in say the the hustle or the grind and it's you know it can become dog eat dog or whatever you want to call it you know walk over whoever you want to walk over I've always lived by you know if you go out there and do good things and help people without any expectation good things come back your way and you know I noticed on your LinkedIn um, you know kind heart a fierce mind and a brave spirit but I introduce you to a, a colleague of mine that I thought you two could do good things, you know, uh, together with no expectation from my end. But I felt when I met you that you would come from a really genuine place and that gave me trust that I um, would want to introduce you to a colleague of mine that I felt there could be a good business relationship there. How much value do you put on relationships and how important can relationships propel people in life? Yeah, well, I think they're the most important. Um, but I think the fundamental, most important relationship is the one with yourself because um, you have to be able to look in the mirror at the end of every day and say, I live today by my values. And um, that to me is ultimate life fulfillment because it doesn't matter what you do, what actions you take, um, how you handle relationships personally, professionally, there'll always be judgment. You're never going to make everyone happy. You can only be who you are and who you can be. And that's a lesson I have learnt um, the hard way because I definitely was someone who, you know, I want everyone to love me, you know, and you you want that. And um, I think often the further um, you go in life or the more responsibility you take, um, definitely the lonelier the journey can become or, you know, you and you, you transition a lot of um, friends or, um, you know, in terms of circles that um, you become your trusted circles, become people who've also started to experience that. And the one thing that I think gives you the peace is that you are, you go to bed at night and say, I did my very best and I made all decisions according to my values. Um, and that's really important. And I think it's one of the most important things a person can do in their life is actually to stop and take a day or take a week or take however long it needs to be and say, what are my values? Like, what are my values? Not the ones that were ingrained on me when I was a child, not the ones that school put on me. Um, what actually is in my heart and my values because it does make life a lot easier it makes decisions a lot easier and i think it gives you peace of mind it, it to me knowing that takes away and having ever having moments of regret um when i meet people or talk to them and they talk about oh i regret that i did this or i regret that i did that and then i'll say to them have you ever identified your values like have you ever sat down identified what are your most important values in your life and um, often the answer is no and so I think to me that's probably one of the most important things and 
you know, I try and redo it over and over again. I'm certainly not perfect, but I can honestly say that I go to bed at night and I can look in the mirror and say, I've done my best and I've been me. And um, because you're not always going to get that recognition from others or they're not going to, they don't always see what you see or um, see what, why your actions are the way they are or whatever it is. So yeah, I think the relationship with yourself is most important and um, doing the best you can by people. Mm, Very well said. And on when you're talking about relationships and connections, uh, I notice uh, that you have a number of brand ambassadors that you work with that, you know, have achieved a few reasonable things in their life. Uh, Lane Beachley comes to mind as, you know, multiple world champion in surfing. Roy Jones Jr. comes to mind as multiple world champion in boxing. Um, you've got a number of people. How did all of that come about? And It's a know, great question. Yeah, a really great question. You know, the first step of how it came about is I dared to dream. You know, I wrote a list of who I'd love to do business with or who I'd love to, um, beyond business, it was sort of people I wanted to attract to lead um, this mission because I felt by attracting ambassadors, um, not just one, but, um, you know, a, a group of ambassadors that that would give customers you know that safety that assurance um of what inner origin is and i wrote a list and uh you know i i was not scared of who i put on there and um that list you know it's still in my diary today and you know i have never once approached personally approached any of those people that's the magic of that um what i did is that all of those people were introduced to me by someone else I think the other courageous thing we did was we had the courage to speak our dreams, speak the big vision and speak why we were doing what we were doing. And as you said, I think it's that, um, that integrity or that heartfelt mission of why you're doing what you're doing. And then people want to help people who introduced me to these people. There was like you making that introduction the other day, you know, there's nothing in it for you, but you were just like, I want to help bring this together, you know, and been so blessed to have so many people in that situation and you know I'm just really you know it's it's been an incredible gift and people like Roy and Lane and you know I consider them really great friends and the one thing that happened is when these people started to come to the company I saw it as a bigger message and I I distinctly remember a conversation I had um, with Kirk and uh, Lane was there too it was Kirk's answer in this and I said why why did you choose to believe in um, the company and me like right at the beginning and he said you know what we were just a band in a garage on the northern beaches and uh, you know we we didn't start in stadiums of hundreds of thousands of people and so I don't only want to be involved when you're at the end game, like I'm here for the whole journey. And that to me was so special. And, you know, I I had this feeling that these people were coming around to give me that confidence, give me that courage. I'd never grown business internationally. And to me, that was a bit of a daunting step, but these people who were coming to us, you know, had, as you said, world champions and what have you, they'd gone to a global scale. And I'm like, hang on, if we're attracting this, then 
we can take that path too and um, gave me that confidence. So, you know, we're just, we're very lucky. Um, I think had the courage to dream it and then take action, I guess, is the answer. Yeah, and look, there's a lot of people that jump on this show like uh, that uh, at that point where they, you know, they're they're inspired to go and do something. Um, what's two or three things you would say that are important skills to develop if you're ready to take the plunge? For you, you've always had that ambition. Like that could be one thing. Getting out of your comfort zone could be something. What are some things that you would say? Um, when I was, the, I was very fortunate. The family I grew up in, um, my parents always told us we could be and do whatever we wanted, provided we were willing to work hard. And they never wrapped us in cotton wool, me and my brother, ever. So um, there was no pressure on us to become something they wanted us to become. It, but um, they did encourage us to live life to the full, you know, and. Um, you know, especially, you know, dad just always has said to me, you can be and do whatever you want, you know, dream big, work hard, like get the most out of life that you want out of life. And so that to me was normal. It became a normal mindset. So in terms of thinking big or being willing to work hard, roll the sleeves up and know that I'm the master of my own destiny, I think that was in my DNA and I'm very grateful for that. Um, I think the biggest thing in terms of what would I say to anyone wanting to step out there is it is a courageous journey and um, you're going to get so much rejection and so many no's. I, I've never taken that personally. I know it's part of the journey and, you know, I have pitched, um, you know, so many investors or for as many ambassadors as we've had, there's been as many that say no, you know, so um I think the journey is full of so many more no's than yeses. And it's about holding faith and holding trust that your time's going to come. And if you keep taking action, eventually the right people cross your path. And I have trust in that destiny in terms of, I, I really do believe that things are brought to us when we're ready for them. You know, Craig, for example, the introduction you made, you know, let's say six months ago, if you hadn't made that a year before, we weren't ready for it. I can look back in retrospect now and say we wouldn't have been ready for it. And so I believe in timing and um, timing is something that's a little bit out of our control. You know, we just have to keep taking the action and growing as a person, developing as a person. And I think if you want to step into that entrepreneurial space, know it's a journey and know that it's going to challenge you personally. It's going to push you to grow in every aspect of who you are mm -hmm. and um, be willing to do the personal development that goes with it because the result only comes with the personal growth. Um, and I think that journey is never ending. I'm, I'm still learning every day and, uh, you know, I'm open to learning. I think that's the big thing is be open to that and I'm willing to do anything. You know, I have, um, so many things I can think of of, you know, just sleeping in airports, you know, um, in the U S I'd, I'd like, I'd have to fly for these, um, capital raising meetings, taking overnight flights because we didn't want to spend on daytime flights and having no sleep and having to find a gym when I landed to, you know, get a shower to go to the meetings and, you know, just people don't realize the lengths that you go to, to get something off the ground. Um, but believe in yourself because the journey is what it's about. And even if that actual journey you've set out on is not successful because 
business is a, it's a fine line. You know, um, I always say to people, if you're going to go into business, face the biggest fear first. Do not open the door of that business until you can accept life losing it and what that means and whatever else you might lose because it's a risky journey. And um, I think if in anything, if you face the biggest fear and you eyeball it and say, if that happened, I can handle it, then you're going to enjoy the journey. And it'll probably never happen because you've faced it and just gotten rid of the fear. But if you don't face it, then it's those things are always going to come up to interfere the happiness of your journey. Mm. So I think it's about, you know, knowing, knowing the risks involved and then just throwing yourself in there to enjoy the journey. Mm. No, it's very good points in there. And, I, you know, some business isn't glamorous And you, as you're talking about, you know, sleeping on in airports. And this time last year I was embarking on a 16-country tour over 30 days, 30 days. So I, um, you know, Russia, Cyprus, Lebanon, Dubai, Italy, into Africa, India, Singapore, you name it. But I went through a phase where I was in Italy one day. I did an overnight flight to Dubai. I stayed up all day. Um, I did meetings that day, one-on-one. Then I did a big launch event that night. Then went straight to the airport. And then next day I'm in Johannesburg. So I went like 48 hours where my only sleep was on a plane. But, you know... On the outside and on the surface, you know, you're telling the story of, you know, I'm, I'm in India, now I'm in Dubai, and now I'm in Africa, and but behind the scenes, it's like I haven't slept for two days. <laughs> it's nine. It's ninety nine percent non glamorous, and um, you know, I think you, you've been there, and we're all there. You know, the the three massive suitcases you're carrying full of product and you're traveling on your own and you're lugging these bags around and there's no one helping you and you're tired, you've had no sleep and you're just, you're turning up to, you know, um, pitch the company or yourself and, you know, you get a no when you drag these three bags back. Like there's so many times you just think, oh gosh, is this all worth it? Um, and that's what I mean by, know the journey is going to be full of some yeses and a lot of no's. And when the no's happen, just know it's part of the journey and still enjoy the day. Um, You don't want to waste any day on feeling like it didn't satisfy. And when you're tired and, you know, you've stretched every bit of yourself, know that when you, I'm not there yet, but I've read a lot of books that say, or like, you know, even when you speak with like, you know, the ambassadors that you've spoken about, for example, I've been so lucky to hear from them. And I say like, you know, what happens when you've made it? Like when you won that, what happens? Well, they're like, well, it lasts, you know, for a minute, a day or whatever of excitement. And then I look back and I miss the journey of getting there. Mm. So you don't want to not enjoy the journey of getting there because when you've got to wherever is there, you're going to miss that. <laughs> mm. Oh, absolutely. I often used to say I did you know, 20 years hustling away and uh, my, a friend of mine used to always talk about it. I say I'd actually, not that I ever really go into Tats Lotto, but if I won Tats Lotto and I was you know, financially free from that, I'd probably just put it away so I didn't know about it so I could actually continue the journey and see whether I could do it you know, without <laughs> that um, strike of luck. But um, I'm not saying I wouldn't want that but I'm just saying that the journey is you know a part of the excitement of everything couldn't agree more 
One point on that too, and just so people and we haven't shocked people out of taking uh, the plunge in business. Um, but one, one thing, <laughs> one thing that I would say is, you know, you do have to get out of your comfort zone. But you do, where you sit on a personal growth scale today, won't get you to that next level see and and then when you get to say where I am at 20 years it's not going to get me to the next level again and you know I'm now bringing teams in around me and networking with you know hundreds of highly successful entrepreneurs around the world but the skills that you have today always are going to have to evolve if you want to step up to go from corporate into business to go from startup business into a six-figure business to go from a six-figure business to a seven-figure and seven-figure to eight each stage will require different skills but I always say to people the best skills you can learn are life skills and they're worth uh, testing yourself out as well communication building rapport um, you know being able to sell because you know you got to sell to your kids to go to bed you got to sell to your partner let's go out for dinner no okay well what about if we go to your favorite restaurant okay then you know it's selling you know the skills are there to be learnt and evolved and if you can continue to do that and that's where I see a lot of people hit brick walls is you know I always strip it back and say what what's the last book you read what's the last podcast you've listened to I, I listen to three hours a day worth of high level quality content and I'm always picking bits and pieces up and I've got paper here with notes I learnt that off that person and that off that person and then I put it all together and it's really important if you want to get ahead you have to grow and evolve definitely and don't be scared to ask for help you know always have a coach and a mentor I don't think you ever outgrow that and you know it's it is a it's a great journey um but it's it's absolutely something that you you have to be prepared or want to continue to evolve because as you said i think every next step is just as hard it's it requires a total re you know expansion of yourself um your skills your mindset the whole bit and that's a to me that's life like if you're not doing that what is life you know if you're not expanding and um taking those challenges so you know when you talked about you know that's being in the game and um you know unfortunately you said you said your child didn't get that one heartbeat and um we do have that heartbeat so why not be all in like living life in the grandstands that's that's not going to be fulfilling at the end of the day i'd rather play the game of life and live yeah it. absolutely and at the end of every episode i always ask people some rapid fire questions they don't have to have rapid fire answers but um is, oh, test is, there me. A, is, there a, is there a book that you believe that everyone should read if they want to get ahead in life it could be a couple of books yeah i love um most recently the one i read that was really transformational was good to great um, you know, I think that was a, it's a fantastic book. So, um, highly recommend you read that. It's been really pivotal for me, um, in terms of personal development and support books. When I was about the age of 14, um, I picked up a book, um, called the 10 inner, um, secrets to peace and happiness by Wayne Dyer. And it still sits in my bedside table. It's such an easy read. It's big print, <laughs> um, but it's just great principles. And it certainly helped me out a lot along the way. Um, the four agreements, I, I think, you know, especially if you are headed into business, but anything in life, that 
especially that lesson to not take anything personally. That's a really big one to master. I haven't mastered it yet, but it, I've mastered a lot more than I used to. And um, that's something I think that is a really good one. Cool. What about the best bit of advice you've ever received? Could be from your dad when you were a young tacker. Yeah, probably one of them is the one I shared, you know, just that you can be and do anything you put your mind to and um, you just, you know, got to be willing to work hard. And I think by that work hard, it meant, you know, probably like the 10,000 hours concept, you know, to be, to achieve or that fulfillment of being in the top 1% of anything. And it's not about money. It's just a fulfillment. You've got to be prepared to, you know, master the craft, you know, and put in the hours, but you can do it. You believe in yourself, you can do anything. Yeah. What about on the flip side, uh, the worst bit of advice or maybe just an idea like, yes. So the worst bit of advice or something you just absolutely totally disagree with. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know if this is advice, but I've had a lot of people say to me, you can't do it. And, um, I think taking that on board can be really, um, it just stops people living. And I think it's something that gets thrown at you a lot. And, um, it's normally coming from, um, people who for some reason have their own maybe issue with themselves or because, uh, I think you, like you, you would just, you just want to see everyone succeed and have a go. Um, but a lot of people will pass comments say you can't do that or you haven't got the skill to do that or that's going to be too hard a road. There's a lot of people who will try to take you from that dream. And um, I think that can be the worst advice you take. Mm, absolutely. Totally agree with that. Uh, what about something you're passionate about? that isn't related to your business or anything like that so for me travel eating out at nice restaurants um yeah yeah. me it's animals um i i learn a lot from animals i always have i feel really special connection um with them and I've always like explored. I when I was young, I had horses and um, you know a, a dog. I've got now. I just feel like they can teach you a lot, and so I enjoy the relationship with them um, for what they teach in terms of like trust and just how they communicate without being able to speak. But they can speak, right? They speak to you, but they don't talk words, and it's a, a different relationship. And I learn a lot from. Um, observing that or being a part of that. So I have a very soft spot for running. Mm. What about the next three to five years? Well, the next three to five years, it's it's all in on what I'm in <laughs> right now. Um, you know, when I started this in origin journey, I, I said to myself that this was my number one priority for five years. And some people might be on the call and say, oh, you know, that's not a balanced life. Um, and I, I just made the priorities, you know, I, I, I knew that to, for it to go where I wanted to go, it's going to require um, a lot of my energy. And so before I started it, I said, okay, it's, it's that and it's my family and then my friends. And because I knew I'd have to be traveling a lot, I was going to miss maybe birthdays and this and that. And I'd, every time something came up that I'd be missing, I didn't want to feel like I was missing out. So I made the decision beforehand. Am I willing to give all that up and um, embark on this journey, you know, as my, my number one um, daily kind of priority and so I'm in the middle of that now. And, um, you know, obviously families 
uh, equally as important or right up there, but there have been a lot of sacrifices along the way, but they haven't felt like sacrifices because I made that decision at the start. So, um, you know, that's, that's definitely where I'm at now in terms of most of my time, um, in terms of what else am I doing with my life beside it? There's definitely like a, a much bigger, I guess, humanitarian side coming through, even though the business has that, I guess, philanthropy aspect in terms of what it's producing, but it's a for-profit company. But um, I feel like the further I go in my life, the more I want to do having impact and um, creating a legacy or leaving a legacy. So that's coming in more and more. Mm. And where do people find out more about you? LinkedIn, personal? Yeah, web? sure. LinkedIn, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Sally Ann Ferguson. Um, you can look at all of those and I'm always willing to connect with anyone. We all learn from each other. So really enjoy that. And from me, I want to uh, thank you for jumping on. You've uh, certainly had an amazing journey and, you know, you're fiercely determined to, you know, build this business, but also then, you know, uh, what one thing where I probably am in my journey now is a little bit more in contribution and giving back and, you know, educating, inspiring people. And, you know, that's one of my podcasts is one of my, I guess, forums to do that. So I want to thank you for jumping on on today's episode. Thank you. Well, you are incredibly inspiring and I really appreciate you having me here. And um, thanks as always for everything. And I love the One Shot Movement. It's an awesome, awesome mission that you're on and message that you're spreading. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Sally Ann Ferguson. If you like the episode, make sure that you share it on all your socials. You give us reviews. It's really important to be able to get high quality guests like Sally Ann uh, on the show by showing support and the numbers that follow the show. If you haven't got a copy of my book, head over to my website, just simply at my name, craigschultz.com and get a copy of my book. Uh, Also launch some other initiatives and programs and content on the site now so there's a whole lot of content and resources for you to be able to I guess pursue your freedom pathway as I always say at the end of every episode you've got one shot at life go out there and give it your best shot whatever that is for you my name's Craig Schultz and I'm the host of the one shot movement podcast